title of this podcast, this edition, is We Can't Stop Talking About Listening. <laughs> and this popped into my head. It always starts with the title for me, really, uh, and what the title means. Because for a few weeks, really, you and I have um, kept coming back to listening and thinking that we wanted to have another conversation about listening. And I'm really aware that we've had a few conversations about listening before. And so I was thinking, hang on, we've talked about listening before, but actually we can't stop talking about listening. <laughs> you and I can't stop talking about listening. And of course, there's a bit of a pun there, which is it's like um, um, an instruction or um, um, a command because we can't stop talking about listening because it does seem to be the thing that we need and the thing that is maybe not happening. Yeah, because when you said this is my idea <laughs> for us to have a conversation about this and, and I was wondering who the we was, who's the we in we can't stop talking mm. about listening mm. because, of course, yeah, it's, it's certainly us because loads of the people that we find ourselves working with it also feels like they want to be talking about listening. So we find ourselves day to day doing a lot of talking to people about listening and the listening of their organisation or their their personal listening. Um, so, yeah, we, you and me, are always talking about listening. And I, it feels like the... the world is talking about listening a lot because of, because of this... Um, yeah, well, because of where we're at in the world, I, I guess. Yes, I think that the first point that you've made pre-2020, we were starting to notice that. You know, last year, we there was a moment when I think we both registered, or maybe you registered first, that um, the two sides of the work that we do around around listening and storytelling... Previously, one could say that the focus had really been, well, listening is the springboard that takes us into storytelling. That's what people are interested in working with us on. That's what they want to explore. That's a skill they think they need to improve. Storytelling, you mean? Storytelling, yes. Storytelling. yes. And the, for us, always, the way to storytelling is through listening. You, um, you can't get to storytelling without starting with listening. So sometimes it felt like we might be persuading a client great and what where we're going to start is listening because listening generates telling listening creates the space for the stories but now more and more for more than a year now i would say and through 2019 there was a feeling that people were starting to say we need the listening our organization needs what expertise you have on listening, because that is going to be the thing that can transform us. Mm. And and then it, I, where this is taking me is thinking about, you know, we work with this idea that there's a reciprocal relationship between listening and telling. That they're two, they're they're two parts of the same thing. That listening is generative. Listening creates what can be spoken. Um, and of course, what is spoken generates listening yeah so which is which is why organizations who i think have got us in for the storytelling because they know that they have a message that they have to communicate or whatever that might be also notice that of course when they go into a storytelling mode 
that um, because we love stories, um, humans love stories, that that changes the way that people within the organization listen to one another if they start using stories. So stories creates the listening, the listening creates the story, the story mm. creates the listening, the listening creates the story. So it's, so I suppose we shouldn't, you know, I, I guess I, don't, I shouldn't have been surprised really that more and more people that we work with start paying attention to the listening because we've got them telling stories. And that creates a different kind of listening. And as well, I think that there's a shift. There's a, there's a shift in organisational culture. Um, there's some sectors or some businesses that are really trying to turn a big ship culturally away from a type of leadership and a type of um, uh, a style of, of business which is um, very hierarchical, directive, top-down, and doesn't necessarily create space to really make the most of the people that, mm. that work there, to put it in kind of simplistic terms. But, but, but you also made the point about what's happening this year yeah. in this moment, and I think that is really interesting to me and why I th I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about listening, because if we look into um, what's happening around us, uh, it seems to be the thing that is really missing. I, mean, I found it such a stark metaphor for that presidential debate last week to have rules whereby they had to mute somebody so that the other person could be heard after the kind of debacle of the first one where they just talked over each other and interrupted um, even though there had been the kind of rules the guideline that they would each get to speak uninterrupted they could only do the second one with new, new rules where you are going to be muted so that we can hear that person in a sense you're going to be forced to listen to them or actually you know They'll just yeah. create the space so we can hear the other person. But that says so much to me about the, the, current, um, the current mode in the world of um, uh, the word, the speech being the thing that, where the emphasis is, is, um, is laid. What I mean by that is... Twitter is not a space of listening. Twitter is a space of speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about, you know, pushing out your opinion and um, maybe sharing other people's opinions. Now, I have had people say to me also, well, I learn a lot from Twitter as well. I, I use it as a resource to learn a lot. But to me, you know, the, 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 there's something just in the, in the whole setup of what Twitter is and does that it's about, you know, reifying putting on, a, on, a, on the platform speech rather than really being a space where people listen and understand. Yeah, and it magnifies uh, the polarisation of ideas because what my Twitter stream looks like mm. is going to look completely different than somebody else's who doesn't agree or doesn't think the same things as I do. So I'm going to see a Twitter stream that reflects what I already think and believe. Right, 
Well, maybe um, that's where your listening is then. You listen to the people that are on, on your stream and they're the people you've chosen to listen to. And, I know, and also I know people that say, well, I, I follow a very broad range of people so that I get different opinions. So I don't want to overstate the Twitter thing. But the polarisation definitely is not about listening, mm. is it? It's about this is my position, that's yours. And it's not about trying to understand the other. It's yeah. about trying I, to shout I, the other one down. I think this, and I am right, and you are wrong, and I'm not going to listen to you because I know that I'm right, is um, a dominant mode of communication. And I think is, yeah, personified in the idea that in order to have a conversation, those two candidates, one had to be muted. Mm. Just so that they didn't shout one another down. And I can't imagine that there would have been much listening on either side. Mm. Um, the thing that I think the pandemic um, meant that a lot of us, most of us, who weren't required to go outside for work, um, had to stay indoors or had to stay at home and... You know, uh, being fortunate enough to sit in the garden with no planes going over in London and just mm. listen to to nothing. Well, I mean, there were often sirens, but there was also space and silence. And so I discovered that I have begun to do much more listening to myself because there was this quiet and calm and mm. I wasn't running around here there and everywhere working traveling socializing doing you know on the sort of hamster wheel that I was on and it meant that I could listen to myself in in a completely different way and I really hope I mean I imagine and I think that lots of other people had that same experience we had a chance for some self-reflection and we have lived in a world where we, we have not had much space for that. So when we listen to ourselves, then maybe we can be more um, rigorous as a democracy in what we require from the people who lead us to listen. If I've spent some time in reflection and can kind of see what I think is right or wrong in the world, then I expect leadership to be doing the same, not having to be muted in order to give space to somebody else to speak. I don't know if that's very clear, but um, listening starts with oneself and, and listening to oneself. Yes, and, and for me, compassion goes with that. So, you know, for me, when one listens to oneself, it, um, something I've, I, I guess I'm continually learning all the time is I listen to myself not to beat myself up but to be compassionate with what I hear with the voices the internal voices that I hear um, yeah, and and being compassionate is noticing sometimes that oh that's me doing that thing where I beat myself up yeah because um we do do that sometimes and the uh, yeah and I think the, the way to sort of take the power away from that is to notice oh that's what I'm doing mm. and I, I don't have to do that I can do it I can do it differently maybe I think the, it was interesting yes you were talking about when everything stopped 
we locked down, our lives slowed down or, or became kind of smaller. And I think I became aware that um, being in nature and listening to nature was a, was a very different kind of conversation. Um, uh, it, I, what do I mean by that? I guess that it was um, very calming to listen to nature because nothing was... I wasn't having to process it in the way that um, so much that I'm listening to, I do have to process. I turn the radio on as soon as I wake up virtually and have it on at different points of the day. And I just became really aware of how I, how hard it was to continue to listen um, to it. Um, I heard somebody talking the other day, um, I can't remember, it was a talk show host, I can't remember who it was, who was saying how weird it's been to come into the office, come into the studio every day, and not really have to do any prep, because he knows what the topic is going to be. It's going to be the virus, some element of what's going on. And I think that's been really hard, particularly um, in this latter part for me, of... um, the different issues that are, uh, have arisen, whether it's the students going back to university and the two or three weeks we had around that, whether it's the free school meals now. Um, I'm, I'm finding it really hard to listen to the news. I think probably because I don't know what to do with what I hear, feeling powerless on some level. And then going and walking and being in nature and realising that I could open my ears fully and receive and listen and nothing was required of me and it calmed me right down it's like it calmed my ears down and everything between my ears then calmed down yeah this is why on the weekends I feel like I have to go and walk in a wood Mm. Um, because that relationship with nature nature is a different kind of rhythm or different pace to um, the news cycle, the endless news cycle. There's a couple of things I've been noticing as well, um, and it's it's just how much um, how much there is there is a desire to to listen very simply to other people, not listen to argument, not listen to debate. An opinion, but the real connection between humans when they when they um, listen to somebody else's experience, and I guess that goes back to the root of what we do when people share stories from their experience. If you think of things like the Listening Project, if you think of things like StoryCorps in in America, these spaces that have been created where um, people can capture stories and be listened to and we can eavesdrop i think that idea of eavesdropping is um you know the kind of calm listening of eavesdropping you're not required to speak you're not required to partake in it you are just a fly on the wall that's one of those wonderful things about i think why people love the listening project because you're just very gently um witnessing two people mm. connecting in the most simple basic way and sometimes about really simple human everyday things and 
how wonderful that connection can be. So, you know, there's a few other things I've noticed um, around listening. And I think um, other people working on stories, intergenerational stories. We were talking about it earlier today. Um, Guy Garvey from Elbow having a series of conversations with his father. Um, that's just one example. But I think this idea of intergenerational listening um, is possibly a shift that is happening because of this coronavirus time where we are really noticing um, the, the strong connection we have with parents and grandparents, if we still have them, and our children, because those that, that's the axis of care that we are on. Do we, how do we care for our children and what do they need? How do we care for our parents and what do they need? And it seems to that axis, that kind of vertical axis, if mm-hmm. you like, intergenerationally, um, seems to be really strong now. We're now talking about Christmas and who's going to be able to see um, and be with their family at Christmas. And what am I saying? I think that intergenerational connection and sharing of experience is another wonderfully rich space that people now wanting to kind of move into and explore and capture and keep and and treasure. And maybe that's something else that's come out of uh, the self-reflection that I was talking about before because it's when you spend some time kind of examining who you are who am I what's uh what's my identity why do I think the things that I do what made me then you can't help but go to your ancestral stories your Mm. like your who am I on a kind of you know this this was my parents these two families Mm. got you know linked together and these two people and then that created me and then above them there's you know our our whole ancestral line so you know with that idea that that listening starts with listening to yourself I think if you begin to have some self-examination then that naturally takes you into um that the sort of listening that you're talking about, which mm. is then a curiosity and an inquiry about the stories of your of your ancestors, because they're in they're in your body. We carry the stories of our ancestors. You know, now I'm kind of I don't have either of my parents, but both of my parents had an experience of wartime, and this is what's happening to us right now mm. is. You know the closest closest experience I have to being in a, a wartime, mm. and I wish that I had my parents to talk to about, you know, the war times that they knew before, because their stories that I remember hearing yes. make a different kind of sense to me now, have a different meaning to me now, because I'm living in a time where where any, where it feels like well anything can happen. You know, things are out of our control in this, in the same way when there's a world war. It must have felt like that, I imagine. I think that, I think you're right, that introspection, that reflection has taken us in that, in the direction of, um, you know, exploring where do we come from. And 
I also think that on a really simple level, practical level for me, I've wanted to check that my mum and stepdad are okay. And I've been much more in touch with them <laughs> since yeah. you know, March than I might have been. Um, I might have seen them a few more times, but I wouldn't have been checking in every you know few days, Zooming regularly. I wouldn't have been doing that necessarily. So I think it's really practical and basic and, and does come from that space that you're talking about. And I did ask my mum about the war, this being like the war, and she said the war was nothing like this mm. because during the war we all knew what we had to do. Now, she was young, but that's her, that's her perception of what she saw around her in the adults around her, that everybody knew what they had to do. And so everybody was pulling in the same direction. That is not what it feels like here now. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I, I also think... Also, sorry to... I... It, I um... We have a sense in this moment of what it is we can lose or what we could lose because we lost thousands of elderly people in the first wave of the virus mm. in Britain. Mm. So think how, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think even, even if it hasn't touched your family directly, the loss of all those elders to you know just to lose a great swathe of that generation and to all happen at the same time means that we we kind of get what that means we we notice it I know it's happening all the time in truth but the fact that it happened in a compressed amount of time because this thing came along and just took a load of people means that then you kind of get uh, oh this is what's at this stake. is what we're losing this is what we'll lose yeah yeah <clears throat> Yes, and that, and I, I think you're, yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's reinforced that, that intergenerational axis, as I've called it. It feels to me like I've just ha had this image a moment ago that, you know, that the axis that was strong in my life was more kind of horizontal. It was me and my peers and parents of children that know my children and. It, it was kind of lateral, you know, the people mm. I, I socialise with, work with, have grown up with. And now it's not that those people aren't important and I really know which ones of those people are important to me, but it's like now the axis has gone um, vertical and I'm really thinking about, you know, my parents and my children in a, in a kind of different way um, and taking care of them you know the the kind of semi-lockdown that we're going into now is all for me about my children and how are they mm, mm. and my parents and how are they as much as this is about my friends this is interesting um but to come back to listening which is where we started and where we should finish um we can't stop talking about listening no we can't because the other thing that this virus does is it, it's it, it takes away the thing that we need, which is connection. Mm. We can't. It's harder for us to connect with one another in person to just be with one another in in whatever way that might be. You know, for us, at, you know, at the theatre, either making theatre or watching theatre, or whether it's 
sport or at the pub or whatever it is, all those kind of social things where we get together um, and connect with one another, it takes that from us and listening to one another in a very particular way, paying attention to one another is a way to restore connection. Mm. And, and that's, that's why I'm interested in listening, particularly right now, because I think it's, um, it gives us something vital that we're missing. Yeah, and I'm, as you're talking about it, you know, I'm aware that there have been moments in the last six months where I just feel myself shutting down and retreating and hibernating even though it's been through summer and um, I'm feeling it a bit now, you know, not wanting to just jump on Zooms with people or have calls with people. It's very easy to just go inward in not necessarily a helpful way. And actually, when I have made the effort to keep connecting with people, just reminds me that the what I'm struggling with and the challenges that I'm finding are really shared by other people. Mm. And, um, you know, if you don't connect with people, you can just feel it's you on your own feeling this thing. And um, I think that's at the root of everything that we do when we get create spaces where people share stories. And I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, listening to somebody and saying hello and having a moment where you connect stories always come out you know your day your week the last moment that's all um held in stories the way we connect with people sharing our experience and it's a little note to self to not shy away from that however you know however i may not feel like i want to actually i never regret connecting to somebody and creating a space where I just listen to them and understand them and they in then turn give that back to me. <laughs>